Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. It's Friday, November the 24th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. We've got a festive What's On guide coming up, plus in sports you can hear from the Gillingham head coach ahead of their game this weekend. But first, tributes have been paid to a dad from Faversham after he died from bowel cancer at just 47. Carl Dobson, who was also known as Dobbo, was diagnosed with the disease a year ago. He was very well known in the town and used to play Sunday league football for the Elephant Pub before going on to manage the Woodman's Halls team. Now, Carl passed away last week at Pilgrim's Hospice in Canterbury, where he and his family were able to use what's known as a cuddle bed. Well, now his wife, Michelle, daughters Rochelle and Ebony and sister Leah are raising money for another one and have been speaking to reporter Millie Bowles. So how does the cuddle bed work? Can you sort of explain So it's, it, it looks like it, a hospital yeah. bed, but it's... I mean, I don't know how they do it, but it's got like underneath, it's got like extensions, basically, but the hospice have taken (laughs) them and renamed them as cuddle beds. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the hospice said they don't like the name, so they call them a cuddle bed. Yeah, Yeah, cuddle (laughs) bed, so yeah, it just extends, so it's basically like having a big double bed. double bed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're very, very um, sturdy. Yeah, yeah. Because I was sitting on the edge and I'm not a small lady. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're... um, yeah, just basically open up to like a double bed. Yeah. But they've obviously got all the hospital. But the thought time. of them to do that, I mean, I don't, it, I, it wasn't just because he'd been in there the week before. I mean, obviously it was pretty um, fresh in their memory. I mean, one lady had done the whole shift, Cole was there the whole week. Mm. She had six days off. So when she came back to work. We was back there. We were yeah. back there. So it was all very quick. But those little things that they, that they think of. I think, um, yeah, I don't think it matters if you're a 40-year-old couple like we were or a 90-year-old couple mm-hmm. or siblings and children and family. It was just... It was yeah. lovely. It was really special. And I mean, the minute we the minute we walked out, we were like, we're raising... I mean, our heads was everywhere, you know. Yeah. We had to walk out, but we were like, we're raising... We want to raise money for you. You need another cuddle bed. Yeah. It's nice to have something to focus I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But like we've had to be, we've had to do it like the GoFundMe. I wanted it because I work for a charity myself, and I know that if Bill over the road just goes, right, well, I'm going to put some money into the Pilgrims for you, it'll go like nationwide, yeah. national. I didn't want that. I wanted it ring fenced for so for that for Canterbury yeah. for that. Because they're special, special. They're, yeah, yeah, they're lovely people. It'd be nice to give a family the opportunity. If we were in there and there was also a similar situation in the next room. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To they have, didn't have that yeah, option to have yeah. that because we've they only they've only got one. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to give every room that they've got there that option. Yeah. Would be lovely, but even just to get another one. Yeah, they've got the two there instead. The family have already raised almost 4,000 of their £8,000 target. We've got a link to their GoFundMe page within the story today at Kent Online. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you now and two years after at least 27 asylum seekers died while trying to cross the channel, their families say they still don't have answers. The boat they were in capsized as they attempted to travel from France to Kent, but help didn't arrive for 12 hours. Their loved ones.
Parents have now published an open letter alongside Care for Calais. Charlotte Kahn is from the charity. So Care for Calais have been supporting the families of those who died in the tragedy um, for two years now. And we've been supporting them in their quest to find answers as to how this happened and how their loved ones were so, so very badly let down that night. Um, We are sharing an open letter um, and in the letter, uh, which has been written alongside the family members, we we talk about what happened that night. But we also mention how it makes the family feel, families feel. They say that, you know, they have never forgotten their loved ones, of course, and that they must demand justice and change for them. And we we alongside them call for their family members to be remembered and for all people seeking safety on British shores to be treated as those human beings that they are, um, deserving of dignity and of compassion and of respect. I feel so often in this political game, and this is how these humans are used is as a political game, that we forget that they are people. Um, it's a huge privilege of ours that we do get to speak to the family members and they share the photos of their loved ones and they tell us stories about their loved ones. And these were real people. One of the people on that boat was a mother, a mother with her three children. And I'm a mum of three kids, so maybe that's why it sticks with me so very much. Um, And so we need to remember them as humans. It's so very important in all of this that we don't lose them amongst the political rhetoric. So that's why we're helping them. And that's why we're sharing their letter. There was a report out into this tragedy a little while ago, not so long ago, you're saying in this open letter that you, you still very much want answers. Is it fair to say then that that report didn't provide the answers that you're after? Yes, sadly, even though it was two years in the making, that report did not provide the answers that the family so desperately needed. In fact, it threw up even more questions for them. Um, we we learn in that report that um, staffing levels were lower than they should have been that night. We read elsewhere that distress calls had been downgraded on the very week on the run-up to this tragedy. Why on earth was that happening? Um, In the report, it talks about bad weather and lots of boats. These aren't unusual in the channel. How on earth did this happen? We have seen transcripts of the calls made by the loved ones that night, and it does make very difficult reading. they are very clear about where they are. They are very clear that they are in huge danger. In fact, uh, you know, you read the messages and it gets to the point where one of the men is on the phone and saying, we are literally in the water now. Women and children are drowning in the water. And the response from the French is, yes, but that is UK waters, sir. The report does not provide answers. The only thing that may provide answers is a full public inquiry, an article two inquiry that the family have been promised. So now we need to push for that to be timely. We know what's happened recently with the Rwanda policy and the ruling in the Supreme Court, but the prime minister still says stopping the boats is his priority. What do you want to happen next? If this government are actually really wanting to stop the boats, they could do that. They could take on the safe passage policy, which is very similar to what happened with the Ukrainians. So we can see that it's absolutely possible. And this would afford people afford people to be able to cross in safety, to claim asylum here in the UK. Nothing more than that, just to join the asylum process, the same as everybody else here, safely on UK soil. 
So if the government are truly serious about that, they could choose to do that. It would destroy the business model of smugglers overnight. Done. But most importantly, it would stop tragedies such as this one and it would save people's lives. The government has promised an inquiry into what happened. Kent Online reports. A Canterbury man who left his partner with broken ribs and a punctured lung after a vicious attack has been sent to prison. The court was told Scott Garrett would hit out after taking cocaine, which the victim said caused him to be like the Incredible Hulk. The 36-year-old from Tennyson Avenue has been locked up for 38 months and given a five-year restraining order. Follow Kent Online on socials today to see footage of the moment a woman was mugged outside her home in Gillingham. The 29-year-old had agreed online to sell an iPhone and was outside the property on Corporation Road when it was snatched from her hands. She says the theft has cost her £450 and is warning others of online scams. Two shoplifters have been sent to prison as police crack down on offences across Kent and Medway. A 32-year-old man was caught stealing hundreds of pounds worth of electrical shaving equipment from Boots in Chatham. He's been sentenced to 14 weeks in jail. Meantime, a 24-year-old woman will have to spend 56 days in prison after carrying out seven thefts in Chatham and Gravesend. Now, the Mayor of Sandwich has joined other politicians in pledging to support Pfizer workers who face losing their jobs. The drugs giant announced 10 days ago that up to 500 jobs at their Discovery Park site in the town could go. A consultation is currently underway. I've been speaking to Councillor Paul Carter, who's been meeting with Pfizer bosses. A large percentage of those employees are likely to be living in or around Sandwich, you know, so um, those employees, and particularly at this time of year, um, you know, the, okay, the redundancies might not happen until early 24, but um, that's not a very good time of year you know, when utility bills are at their highest and all sorts of things like that. So the employees are my number one concern, you know, and their well-being. So A massive impact on, on the local community. Do you know much about what types of jobs these are that are going? Are they quite specialised and would it be difficult for those people to find other similar jobs in the local area? They're in um, um, uh, like a part of the manufacturing um organization within Pfizer's called PSSM and it's it's basically it is scientific or technological pharmaceutical jobs um, and I did mention this to the head of the uh, site Julian and um, he he did say he said yeah that is the, the greatest concern as you've just rightly said um, you know these jobs are very specialist and as I said to uh, to Mr. Thompson, I said, you know, the, the greatest uh, issue here is is these people have gone through, say, university and they've they've got their, um, you know, biological degree. And then they've gone on to do in-house training and they're highly specialised trained people. And um, even for the UK economy to lose you know, 500 specialist scientists like that um, is is a drastic measure. Um, and it's something that um, when I contacted um, Craig McKinley MP, who's the nearest MP to the Pfizer site, he said that he's actually um, flagged it up with the science minister. And the science minister has got some concerns because of the number of specialist um, staff 
you know, it's um, almost like a sort of like a brain drain. If those people dissipate off into jobs either abroad or, um, you know, or go into different types, forms of industry, then that pharmaceutical um, uh, industry would be a great loss of 500 specialist staff. So it is a massive, massive problem. Just under a 1,000 Pfizer staff are currently based in Sandwich. Within the podcast and on Kent Online, we'll keep you updated on this story. Kent Online reports. Bosses at a school on Sheppey are meeting with union reps to try and prevent further strike action. We told you in an episode earlier in the week how teachers at the Oasis Academy had walked out because of violence and abuse from pupils. Well, more industrial action is planned for next week if a resolution isn't found. NatWest have announced plans to close their branch in Stroud. Bosses say it'll shut next March following a drop in customers using banking services in person. The nearest branch is Chatham High. Street. You can head to the website today to see what a new 300 home development in Whitstable could look like. Developers want to build on an abandoned farm in the Chessfield part of town. If given the go-ahead, it would also include a new secondary school and shopping centre. Meantime, it's feared a village pub near Maidstone could close and be turned into homes. Plans have been submitted to convert the Harrow on the street in Oldham into three properties. It's been serving customers since 1848, but recently closed after being in and out of business over recent years. And there's anger over plans to build a wellness retreat in Hythe. If approved, the holiday cabins, a community building and car park would be on land off Spanton Crescent and Turnpike Hill. Now, the people behind it say it would appeal to couples or millennials and Gen Z from London. Neighbours, however, fear they'll lose important green space. And some people in the local area aren't happy. Well, I'm a bit of an environmentalist. Uh, to say the least. I just think that the habitat destruction is totally unwarranted. There's so much wildlife here. What a lovely area. People's houses are going to be affected by noise. God knows um, how it will affect the value of those properties because it's going to be an eyesore, so it's going to devalue people's properties. It's not the place for it. Um, I'm not a NIMBY because I live way over there. I'm doing it for other people. The amount of people that have been here today and the huge support, um, it will affect not only me but a lot of other residents of this area. Before I had children, we used to, I used to come here for walks, but also when my children were growing up, we used to come in here and play in the woods. They've learned a lot about you know nature, but also the mental health aspect of it. You know, if we've all had a bad day, we all know getting out in the fresh air um, and coming along and going for a nice walk, even if it's with your dog or without your dog, um, it's just, just fantastic. Um, and it's such a lovely community place. Um, you will see dog walkers, you'll see bike people riding their bikes, you'll see uh, school children walking back from um, secondary schools, young families. It's a really well-used part of the community. Kent Online News. There are concerns that a sinkhole on an estate near Maidstone still hasn't been filled. The cavity opened up on land in Borton-on-Chelsea last November and it's been cordoned off ever since. Residents are worried about it, but developers say the area has been secured 
thoroughly inspected and they're looking into how to resolve it. A campaign to save Britain's biggest concentration of nightingales under threat from a housing development in Who is gaining support. More than 2,000 people have signed a petition to reject the construction of 21 homes close to an important habitat. The nightingale is considered a declining species as their habitats have gradually deteriorated over the decades. And people living in Whitstable and Herne Bay have reported their houses shaking in what they thought was an earthquake. Some residents say the vibrations were the worst they've experienced in 10 years. It's actually thought the tremors were a result of nearby weapons testing 15 miles away in Essex. Kent Online News. You can head to the website today to see what a new temporary theatre in Dartford could look like when it's finally completed. Orchard West is being built to replace the orchard, which is closed for repairs after rack concrete was found in the roof. Well, a computer-generated image has been released and the venue will be open in time for panto season. Tickets to see Paloma Faith at Dreamland in Margate have gone on sale. She's been added to next year's summer series and will perform on the scenic stage on August the 16th. And now with a look at everything going on in Kent over the weekend, here's what's on's Sam Laurie. It might still feel a little early for some of you, but for lots of Kent's attractions and events, Christmas time is well and truly here. Over the next few weeks, lots of great places across the county will be opening their doors for festive fun and themed events, with some kicking off this weekend. The popular Christmas Lights at Leeds Castle Trail opens this weekend, following on from the similar Christmas at Bedgebury Trail that opened last week. There are still a few slots left if you want to visit, although I wouldn't be surprised if both sell out completely before the end of their run. The trail takes around 90 minutes to complete and features fairy lights, twinkling installations and colourful projections. Leeds Castle will also be putting on a family-friendly Narnia experience based on the children's novel The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe from this weekend and throughout the Christmas season. It will have characters, decorations, storytelling and more and it all opens on Saturday. The Illuminate Trail at Tunbridge Castle will also open this weekend and is a similar experience to the other light trails I've mentioned, taking you through spectacular light installations that have been set up in the castle grounds. There's also something secretive going on at the historic Dockyard Chatham this Christmas, and you're invited to take part. The Undercover Mission Christmas returns to the Dockyard for 2023 with a brand new story, and this year Mrs Claus needs your help to save Christmas and make sure everyone gets their presents without a hitch. The walkthrough experience is perfect for families with little ones and will take visitors through the Dockyard's historic buildings, showing you what goes on behind the scenes this time of year with fun challenges and tasks. And let's not forget that we're heading full steam into panto season, and it's probably about time you started booking your tickets if you haven't already. But if you're not sure which of Kent's brilliant pantos to pick, we've got a guide of the county's best family pantos this Christmas to help you choose up on What's On and Kent Online. It's also in this week's KM Group Papers, so make sure you pick up your copy. Now, there are still a few non-Christmassy things going on this weekend for those who want to take a little break from the festivities already. TV presenter Dermot O'Leary will be at Waterstones in Bluewater on Saturday to sign copies of his new children's book, Wings of Glory. Tickets include a copy of the book, and fans can meet and get their photo with the renowned broadcaster. Agatha Christie's record-breaking play, The Mousetrap, is also still at the Churchill Theatre in Bromley until Saturday, and there are still some last-minute tickets to catch the world-famous murder mystery. And finally, a beautiful performance of renowned ballet The Nutcracker will be performed at the Assembly Hall Theatre in Tombridge Wells on Saturday, and it's full of festive costumes and music. And I'm really sorry, I tried to stay away from Christmas, but I just can't help it. So wrap up warm, get the family together, and head out to enjoy everything the county has to offer this weekend. 
Kent Online Sport. Football and it's a trip to struggling Tranmere Rovers for Gillingham this weekend. The Jills will be looking for back-to-back wins after a 3-1 victory over Salford City last time out. Tomorrow's opposition are just one place above the relegation zone. Head coach Stephen Clements has been speaking to our Gillingham reporter Luke Cordell. Great to have those tough choices, isn't it? With a fully fit squad, we're almost fully fit. It's definitely good to have those choices. Um, it's, it's, it's not easy to have some, some conversations uh, at times. Um, with players when maybe they're not in the team, but it, but as far as from my, my position as head coach, I would much rather be having them conversations where I've got decisions to make rather than being short of players. Yeah, Robbie McKenzie as well is he close as well? He was getting close. Robbie's Robbie's had a, had a good week's training as well, so um, yeah, we're, obviously again he needs to be assessed. Um, haven't made my final decision yet, and who will be involved uh, at the weekend? But um, yeah, he's, he's he's had a good week. And Lewis Walker's fit as well, he's available, is he? Another one? That... Uh, Lewis has had uh, a small issue, so I don't, I don't expect Lewis to be fit, man. Okay. Sorry from him, though, it sounds like you've got to be leaving maybe a couple of seniors behind. Uh, yeah, possibly, but that's, um, that's part and parcel of this job, and um, yeah, they, 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 would, they won't like that if, that, if, if, if you have to tell these people, but you, you have to be honest. And as I've said after the game the other day, we, aren't, we haven't got a massive squad, and if we're going to be successful this year, I'm sure everybody's going to be needed. So everybody has to be ready to go. There's another game on Tuesday. So if there was anyone left behind here at the weekend um, that, was, that was fit to travel but doesn't make it, um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but there's another game coming up and they've got to be ready to go on Tuesday should, should they be needed. And if you're looking at Tramier, um, Michael Atkins obviously has got the permanent gig, isn't he, there? And um, the, Do you see them sort of rising maybe from where they are at the minute? They're quite low down, aren't they? Third bottom, something like that. Do you see them improve? Uh, I, I, I think every game's a tough one, and I think uh, Nigel's a very good manager. He's shown that many times over many seasons in the past. Um, there's great enthusiasm, really positive person. So uh, no, I, I expect them to to climb the table. I know they've got they've definitely got one or two uh, players that we have to be wary of. Uh, never go, never easy going to Brenton Park. Um, that their fans will be right behind them, but we've got to go there and try and quiet them down and take our game to them. But I think, I think, uh, I think Nigel will uh, will will get Tranmere sort of climbing the table soon. I'm sure, but hopefully not on Saturday. Kick off tomorrow's at three. Don't forget you'll be able to follow the match action at Kent Online. We'll have details of the result and reaction to it on the website. Plus, you can also hear reaction in bulletins over on our sister radio station KMFM on Sunday morning. The sports team will also be covering Dartford versus Torquay, Dover against Western Supermare, and St Albans versus Maidstone United. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. Whilst you're on the site today, don't forget to check out the latest review from our secret drinker. Hope you have a fantastic weekend and we'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.